there playing our song, the podcast where your song becomes our song. I'm here with a very special guest, Matt Summers. Hi, Matt. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Excellent. Uh, so today you've brought us uh, a, a, a song that uh, I think is in the wheelhouse of a lot of the songs we've talked about. But we have not done this band yet. What, what did you bring? I brought uh, Lucky by Radiohead from, ah, the- yep, from OK Computer. Okay, that's my that's my line, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's oh, fine. It's fine. You go ahead. I just in the theme of your, you've had a lot of '90s alternative songs and stuff. Yeah, At some so. point, this will just turn into like it's a '90s podcast. Yeah, like. sure. Why not? <laughs> so it's from uh, OK Computer. Um, little background info. I don't know how much you know about the the background of the song. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest to the audience at home. Usually I just listen to the song and my impression is my impression and the guest impression is the guest impression and we just talk. This song, like many of Radiohead songs, I felt like I was missing a lot and it made me embarrassed and I felt stupid. So I did look up some things on Wikipedia. Um, so this actually seems like it was the first song they wrote for not this effort, like a, like it was like a uh, uh, one of those like fundraiser albums for the war in Bosnia. Oh, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, it came out on something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I guess, the first song they wrote that would then be on OK Computer. So that's that doesn't surprise me to some I extent. Know. I guess it, it it sort of uh, tells you know how that album, mm-hmm. the sound of that album, came to be. Because I'm a huge fan of of the Bends, their previous. I like this album a lot too. Mm-hmm. But the Bends just, I think it it was much more straightforward in a lot of ways. But you know, the same beautiful melodies, interesting lyrics. But but it was more. Uh, more standard, I think it was more it was about more topics. Guitar that... based too, mm-hmm. and there was less like synth effects and special effects. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was thinking leading up to this that Lucky struck me as the most Ben's like um, song mm-hmm. on uh, on OK Computer. So you think so? It's just because it's it's very simple and straightforward. Like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, like Paranoid Android is this juggernaut of <laughs> craziness, and um, and Lucky's you know it's there's very little that's not just guitar and bass mm-hmm. and drum and singing and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a very straightforward melody, very sweet melody. Yeah. Nothing too complicated. Nothing where it seemed like they were like, this is not exciting enough, so we need to throw in some minor chords or something and mix yeah. it up. So, yeah. Excellent. So, what is, what's your experience overall with, with, with OK Computer? Like, is that an album you've listened to a bunch, you've yes. dissected in your, in your mind? Absolutely. Um, so, I had Pablo Honey back in the day on mm-hmm. cassette when Creep came out. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, this is great. And I don't know if you have that album, but it's it's not produced very well. No, I've, um, I've, I know Creep, but I, I've never listened yeah. to the whole album. It's um, if you if you ever hear live versions of any of the songs, they're great, but the album's produced pretty poorly. So um, I kind of fell away from them, and I missed the Benz entirely. It wasn't really played on the radio. It wasn't mm-hmm. really played on MTV. Um, so I got into the Benz like right before OK Computer came out. And but I was like, oh, okay, this is all right. And I think the Romeo and Juliet came out around then, and talk show host, and mm-hmm. um, that's a really great song. I almost brought that one in. <laughs> um, but and then uh, so I went on a road trip with my mom from Seattle down to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I was seventeen. It was like July nineteen ninety seven, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, need, I wanted to listen to something. I had like my disc man. And I'm, like, I'm going to be in the car with my mom for 14 hours. I need something. And so we just stopped at a record store, and it was the day it came out. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll get this. I like the Benz. And um, I listened to it like repeatedly for 14 hours and wow. was just blown away by it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and they became my favorite band. That was my favorite album. I'd still say that's my favorite album mm-hmm. and my favorite band. Really. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, basically had a spiritual experience with this album for the next two years leading you know and then into kid a and it just mm-hmm. continued for a while so oh, excellent yeah so uh, the whole I, I know the album on the whole is sort of uh more i guess topical it was more kind of current of 
not exactly current events, but it was more about uh, the kind of the state of the world than say the Bens, which was more about you know, relationships and yeah. human, you know, human to human relationships. Yeah. Uh, is that sort of your take, or do you have any specific thoughts on the album well, as a whole? I've read, I've read a lot of, I read a lot about the album and critical, you know, reception of the album. And um, something that stuck out to me: somebody, I don't know who, said that it was like a dystopian novel set in current times. And, um, you know, this kind of idea, like you're, you're a man struggling with technology and, and you know, you have songs like Airbag, where mm-hmm. it's like, I basically could just die at any point. And Lucky is kind of like, you know, I, we're standing on the edge. You know, yeah. there's kind of this desperation and, and like everything's closing in around you and, and, and a ton of disappointment as well. Like letdown is like, mm-hmm. oh. Uh, (laughs) like it's they're just really it you know and then being a teenager and kind of growing up at that time and feeling that angst really hit me you know 17 you're starting to really discover how terrible everything is um and so it you know it really resonated with me like that i mean it just felt like this was the soundtrack of me going into adulthood this new modern world so there's something special about uh, when you've got you know an album that's that serves an autobiographical purpose, yeah. I always think of. Uh, did you ever see High Fidelity with with John Cusack? I did see it once. Okay, there was uh, well, there's a part. He has like a big record collection, and his friend comes in. He's like, "Oh, how are you sorting these? Not alphabetical, is it by?" And he goes, "I'm sorting it autobiographically." That's good. That's good. <laughs> Just that idea of like you could you could probably chart some of your life events with uh, with certain albums. Yeah, excellent. Absolutely. So of all the album of all the album of all the songs on this album, you chose you, you know. Certainly, we'd love to have you back. We'd go through the whole album, you know? It's, it's a special series. But um, what was it about Lucky that, that well, that's got to be the one? I want to start with that one. Well, um, I was thinking, I, I've listened to every episode. <gasps> and, oh, thank you. And the idea that seems to come forth with the making it our song, mm-hmm. um, it's an introduction, I think. You're, the idea is, like, if you've never heard Radiohead, or maybe you heard Creep or something... And I'm telling you, you need to listen to this band. This is probably the song I would play. This is the song I would send to my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the song I would send to really anybody because it's. Yeah, I think it encapsulates their sound, but it's it's very accessible. It's a very straightforward melody. There's nothing I think that's going to ring strange in your ear mm-hmm. if you're not used to listening to, you know, weird alternative music <laughs> or something. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I chose it. It's, I'd say. Exit Music is maybe a song that I would put a little bit higher on my personal favorite list, okay. um, but this is just, this, is, this was also the first song that I liked when I listened to the album, the first song that I was like, oh, I need to listen to this ten mm-hmm. times in a row, so mm-hmm. um, eh, that's why. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into the song a little bit more sure. more in depth. I know listening to it, um, it, it, it certainly, you know, I, I could see how this is the transition song from the Benz to OK Computer, because the the production is 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 kind of distant, you know. Tom York always had that sort of timber in his tone, where it's sort of like, oh, I'm sort of apart from the rest of of you with my with my vocals and the the way I am. But this this one definitely, I think, with the, certainly the, the guitar. I think the the ending is the most musical, but throughout the beginning, it's sort of yeah, simple song. But there's I got like a some sort of like a feedback throughout the entire song, like in the back of the song, like you could kind of just faintly hear it, and it 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 made the song feel kind of busy not in a not in a a messy way but just like there was a lot more to it and just listening to it i think i would have missed it but usually if i'm listening to the song i listen to like two three times before uh starting to do notes and so i'm really trying to like pick up everything and i just had that the signs you get a chorus in the background i mean things that really i would have i missed the first time and then a repeated listen kind of got this 
just this this build up that was all behind it, and then it sort of culminates with the with the guitar part in mm-hmm. in the back. So, I mean, what's your what's your sense of of uh, you know the, the the melody? I mean, I know you talked about it being simple, but you know what other what other aspects of it do do you uh, um, look to? Yeah, um, the well, I do I do definitely agree with you. This kind of well, like he starts off with that kind of the he's playing the the strings above the neck and mm-hmm. like running it through a ton of delay and reverb, mm-hmm. and it does create this kind of like this ethereal quality like a dream a staticky hazy dream state and then the song kind of comes out of that um it it's a song that i think the first from the very first time i heard it i was like this melody reminds me of something mm-hmm. but you know you know however many years well, geez, 20 years later 20 years later 18 years later um it's uh it i still don't know what it reminds me of and it kind of now other things remind me of it um, it's you know it's it's like kind of a simple bluesish riff that mm-hmm. you know they they drop down into some unusual minor keys I think a couple times and it's mm-hmm. just a little bit surprising but not you know a little bit unpredictable but mm-hmm. not something that's completely out of left field and and yet yeah, and the chorus is amazing I love Phil's drumming on it mm-hmm. I, I just you know the little the simple fills and and it's just I, I mean it's especially at the end of the album you've had all this build up all this crazy i mean they have flexed their muscle they have shown you that they are an amazing amazing band yeah. and then they're just like here's this sweet little song mm-hmm. that's kind of sad and the lyrics are maybe kind of happy we're not sure yeah and, um yeah it's just it it feels like and now it's just synonymous with the band and the time mm-hmm. era for me it's, yeah. yeah i think you mentioned uh the the Phil fills it fills the drummer fills the drummer yeah okay I, I I like his his take on it I think with with drums I think it's it's hard to play drums regardless but certainly if you're just like I'm keeping four four time to, to it, that yeah anyone could kind of learn to do that mm-hmm. but there's something about this drumming it's uh goes along with the 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 overall kind of feel of the song is it is it sounds a little sloppy it sounds a little slow but it's it's clearly not like oh I don't know how to keep a beat it's very much you know I'm gonna play a tone with just the rhythm part of the song. That must be very hard. I would imagine yeah. it's very, very hard to do that, to make it sound like I'm playing a beat, but it's supposed to sound a little bit, maybe a little bit off or a little bit slower, without it being just, I don't know how to play drums. Like, that's got to be one of the hardest things. Yeah, it's it's. I, I'm sure there's a name for the technique. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, there's very little, like, you know, he's not hitting the bass drum or the snare very often, but he's, you know... Hitting that uh, yeah. the hi hat, I think, like yeah. constantly and and at a very rapid pace, at a quick pace, and it it creates this kind of you know it speeds things along, but it also like slows it down a little yeah. bit. And the fills, I think you mentioned the fill. I think that's but, where you get yes. the kind of like you know, in, that. in the choruses, you know the the fills, and then there's a pause, you know you know uh, pull me out of the air crash. Mm-hmm. There's a little pause after the fill before he goes back into it. And it creates this kind of sense of stopping, I think. And, yeah. And then, and then it's just Tom singing over, and it's yeah. yeah does a, he's he's really um, he's he's really he's a good um, aesthetic, I think, as a drummer. Phil. Yeah, I that's, think that's he, a great. I think I like that word. Yeah. For drum. He, uh, you know, like he, I can point to so many songs where he has a drum beat I haven't heard in anything else, and <laughs> it's um, and it's just. But you know, when you break it down, it's very simple, like yeah. high and dry. You know, the oh yeah, high and dry. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's it's a fantastic. It's very simple, but it's just amazing. And and you know, when you, you all you have to do is hear the opening one or two seconds of that song. And yeah. Like, oh, you're like, oh, that's that song. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Now I know because um, I think this is a song that that uh, I feel like we're talking more musically about it than 
The, like a lot of the songs, I think everyone likes the music. Oh, the music! It's just it's familiar. It's nice. It's the lyrics or it's the combination. This song, I think, musically has a, a lot. Even though it's it's overall, I think you know, like you said, one of their simpler simpler tunes on the album. There's still a lot going on. I know it's beautiful. Yeah. The the guitar at the end when the guitar came in, oh, the big, yeah, the I was like, oh, must be the bridge. This must be the bridge. It's like it's like two thirds of the way through the song. They're gonna do a little thing, then go go right back. But no, it just sort of nope. Here's a kind of a musical end, and, and you know the lyric at the the end, the standing on the edge, but just. Almost like, nope, we've decided to do something else with our sound right now. And it fits with the song, but is um, is, is different, I think, than the rest of, of it. What, what do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I, you talk, um, the bridge is like the... Yeah, it's, and that is another part that's separate from the rest of the song that I'm like, I swear I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, but have never found it to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good moment of uh, kind of respite and then... You know what I love at the end the big guitar solo at the mm-hmm. end and like when it gets loud and yeah um, yeah and yeah <laughs> no no I, I, it's I, I think it's funny I like um like do you listen to Arcade Fire yeah at all I, I I sort of loved more so on their first album than their other albums how they sort of like play a song and you're like I like this song and then they'd be like and now a different song to end this song like uh, un, un Som Lumiere yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> like a, all of a sudden they're playing this, this. Yeah, this yeah. great this great riff at the end you're like ooh it's like a bonus it's yeah. almost like a bonus track within that yeah. that single track I always find that to be a technique that uh, it like doubles the fun of whatever you're listening to yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know, most songs... I mean, I know some genres, it's like, nope, your song's three minutes, like punk. It's a three-minute song, that's it, don't do any more. Yeah. But sometimes it's nice to have that extra bit at, yeah. the, at the end. Yeah, um, and I think it works. Because you need to hear more of the bands. I don't think you get as much of them... I, mean, I think musically you'd get a lot if you say understood music or like you were talking about some of the techniques they were using. So, so knowing about that, you'd get more. But I know just if I were just listening to the song, I'd be like, oh, it sounds like just a little guitar and drums and some weird sound effects. Yeah. And, until that last part where you get that sense of the band is... Well, they've been coming together this whole time. I just, I just, I missed it, you know, cause as, as a you know first pass listener. If I'm not listening closely enough, it's one thing I love about Radiohead. Is mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've heard this song 400 times. I've heard some of these. I mean, maybe even more than that. I don't know. <laughs> and I still get something new out of it yeah. anytime. Yeah. yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, let's go into the lyrics of this song a bit because I listening to it. I got I, the musical stuff kind of popped out a bit more. I was a, I was able to pick it up a, a little bit easier. It was the lyrics? I was really not sure what the song was about. I wasn't sure if it was kind of my first sense was it some sort of ironic take, you know, on um, you know the the plane crash, like, like these bad things are happening to this guy, and that's why he's so lucky. Uh, that felt kind of surface level or like I was missing the mark and just kind of listening to it again. Some of the lyrics, uh, you know, talking about. Sarah character like pull me out Sarah like I never mentioned again yeah. don't know who that is maybe it's a personal I, I looked it up too I couldn't find a uh, <laughs> I, l- long ago I looked it up and mm-hmm. I could not find no one seemed to know who Sarah was it just it so. rhymed I don't know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, talking about the uh, you know kind of a superhero and the government's calling and I just was very unsure what the song was about and I put like I, like I said I got, oh it's maybe it's about a plane crash or it's about a fear of a plane crash or it's uh, a character who's you know, at one point I was like, "Is this like supposed to be a superhero origin story?" You know, and then, then that seemed like, "No, that I, I'm, I'm going to cut that out." I was, you, that was a bad one. You just love superheroes. I do. Everything eventually <laughs> goes back. Yeah. And that's how it's. I'm not supposed to talk about theory of mind anymore as a behavior analyst. Um, your wife will tell you that as well. But there is a theory that um, I learned about in undergrad psychology called priming, and it was the idea that the things you think a lot about when you think about something else or learn something new, things that are related, you'll learn them better. 
things that aren't related, you don't learn them as well, or you pretend that they're all related to the things that you already oh, yeah, know. Sure, yeah. um, so I do know a lot about superheroes, so it's sort of fun. <laughs> I should have done a superhero podcast, but there's like a million of those. I'm on <laughs> music, you know, something different, yeah. something new. So what, what, what was your take on the lyrics when you were, if you can remember back to when you were originally listening to the song versus maybe now that you've, you've yeah. had more time, you've done more critical thinking about the song? Well, when I first heard it, I was 17 and was not doing much critical thinking at all, I think. So I was like, oh, he's lucky. And um, But, you you know, looking back and kind of looking at the album as a whole, um, the lyrics mostly are pretty depressing. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's it's a sad, it's mm. a sad album. It's a dystopian album, yeah. I think. And I feel like it all kind of, you know, you start with Airbag is kind of, it's very similar to this, like, you know, you know, in a fast German car, I'm amazed that I had survived an airbag saved my life. It's yeah. like, it's very, it's kind of uplifting, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's like this, there's a jackknife juggernaut. There's mm-hmm. like, what future are we in right now? Uh, and this is kind of, you know, I, I can't help but take it not literally because it just doesn't make sense in the context mm-hmm. of the rest of the album that all of a sudden there's this song with extremely uplifting lyrics. Um, you know, and standing on the edge, I think kind of shapes it a little bit. Let's, mm-hmm. let's you know. Um, I, I interpret this as kind of a dream of some type. Oh, okay. It comes right after No Surprises, which is like, you know, the, probably the most literal representation of the lyrics of the album as a whole. I mean, No Surprises is like, please just, you know, put me in a box, basically. Like, stick <laughs> stick me in my house and uh, don't bother me with anything. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and then The Tourist comes right after this, and it's... It was written. That was written by Johnny and uh, the guitarist, and from an airport, and just having someone stare at him awkwardly at an airport while they were touring around, and just feeling like they had no sense of place or identity. And this is like the uplifting song in the middle, mm-hmm. and it, you know, pull me out of the air crash. The head of state calls for me by name. This this is this has to be like a dream of some type yeah. or like a fantasy. Um, and it, when I look at it like that, it seems like a a fantasy of thinking that you're more important than you are or that your life is more relevant than it really is. Uh-huh. Um, and that's that's kind of how I interpret it. Um, don't know who Sarah is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I'm your superhero. Like, that's that's a pr- pretty self-aggrandizing statement. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, it doesn't, doesn't mesh with any of the other lyrics, really, of the band mm-hmm. over their entire career. So that's, that's kind of how I, uh, how I read it. I know, kind of in, in doing a little bit of, of, of reading about the album as a whole, uh, because it's been a while since I've heard I've heard the whole the whole thing. I know a lot of folks who reviewed it back then and are sort of coming back to it now that it's getting close to the you know the anniversary of its release. So it's yeah. it's some amount of years. I don't know how many. Sure, yeah. It's probably not that many, like five. I don't know. Who knows? It's a couple, yeah. um, is is really kind of talking about how a lot of the themes it explored, though they probably weren't meant to be futuristic in the sense of understanding exactly what would come sort of predicted a lot of the society that we're in now where everyone is sort of connected but distant you know you're talking about um everyone just let me live in let me live in my box or the idea of traveling without a place you know everyone is kind of everywhere all at once and nowhere at the same time mm-hmm. and thinking about the, the the you know the sort of the interpretation you you know you bring to the song i think that goes very much along with that theme of you know, sort of everyone's a little bit more important than than they think they might be, or that sense of um, we're all kind of lucky because we get to we get to be important, we get to be superheroes, and but 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 not not necessarily in the way that is positive. It's not like everybody gets a medal, hooray! It's like oh, everybody gets some, everybody's special. I'm special, and oh, that's not actually that that's not the worst, but that's not great. That's not necessarily good news. I think that 
that might go along with it. And again, that might just be the modern interpretation, the modern interpretation of the, you know, the song having passed. But uh, I think that that sort of just go with that theme of them being kind of aware of the trajectory that we were on even back then. Yeah, it it is kind of a sci-fi album, like when it came out. And I mean, the the art of the album cover. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, it's very like bizarre and. There's you know freeways going into the sky and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I think I think they did that pretty consciously. I mean they have you know they have aliens and androids and yeah. near lyrics in there. So yeah, I, yeah, oh. I, I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. yeah, I know some of the other. Descri- I looked these up. So these are these are just okay. internet people. So they do not devalue <laughs> anything because this is all about oh, what you think people. about the song is what you think about the song. Your experience is the okay. most important piece. Um, that it was about the Bosnian conflict was one thing. That might just be because it was for, like, a relief album for this. I don't know if... Because I don't get that at all from this song. This would be anything about a, a, a war. That's... I Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, maybe Sarah is a famous person in, uh, oh, oh, in man. that conflict. Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't read that, uh, that interpretation. I don't... I feel like they didn't get overtly political until later mm-hmm. um, Hail to the Thief was... It was, an attack. Yeah. <laughs> it was an attack on Tony Blair. It was yeah. like, F you, Tony Blair. Um, oh, God, that's how Amerocentric I was. I assumed Hail to the Thief was an anti-Bush it, I, I think maybe, I think maybe it was also that. But Tony Blair makes more sense. That's, I mean, that's were, the person they would see as I there. Think they, I think they viewed them both in cahoots, and, mm-hmm. and therefore, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I know electioneering is pretty political, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it comes earlier on this album, but... Um, yeah, I don't know uh, the Bosnian angle. I should look that yeah. up. It's, well, it seemed like there was a, a more like political version of the song at one point. There's like a, like a lot more like a lot longer, a lot more lyrics. Oh, really? That yeah, I mean, it just again, I haven't heard it was just sort of mentioned. Okay. Um, so perhaps it, it was at one point like very specifically about 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 the Bosnian conflict. But I, I mean, I, I don't get that sense at all from the the lyrics. I think it seems more personal. One of the other ones was. Um, was uh, about Tom York's fear of airplanes or fear of airplane crashes. I don't. You, you know more about the he's, band, so is well, that? I, there's a quote of his that I always remember. Um, it might be from. There's a documentary on them called uh, "Meeting People Is Easy," and it's, <laughs> it's about how they toured for this album and like how horrible it was, and mm-hmm. they almost broke up, and uh. Tom like almost lost his mind. Um, but he had this quote where he said, "You know, like everybody gets up earlier than they want to." and gets in the most dangerous form of transportation on earth and drives to a job that they hate and they do this for the rest of their lives and there's something wrong with that and um i i feel like this song is a little bit about that and airbag too mm-hmm. and, and and i mean transportation is kind of strangely a theme in this album mm-hmm. kind of, it's a commuting around the music is commuting around <laughs> um i didn't know he had a fear of plane crashes but i know he's very eccentric and um i wouldn't surprise me at all yeah. um He's, he's a strange dude. He just so. seemed that way. Yeah. The final one is um, that it's something about James Bond-esque spy intrigue, which was one that I, I guess with the call in the chief of state. Yeah, I don't... Sure. That's, it's it's that fun that everyone has an interpretation. Some of them I, I would agree with more or less, and that's maybe, a little less. Maybe the James Bond spy angle is the British version of your superhero angle. Oh! Ooh, I guess. Where superhero appears, and they're like, oh, this oh, must be about... Must be... Yeah, MI6 agent. <laughs> yes. That's, ooh, that's true. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's it's funny because as a usually when I when I hear bands, I do not put into context where they are coming from. So whatever their song is, I'm interpreting it as an American. That's that's yeah. what it is. So you know, yeah, Hail to the Thief is a it's against the American president, even though that wouldn't you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it, probably it, a part of it, but not will be, yeah. not. But you're right. It would make more sense that they would be upset with their own government. Possibly as well as the American government, but, but yeah. that would be the first place they go. So um, every song does get that kind of that kind of spin. And on the one hand, I don't think there's anything wrong with with that sense of like well, the, the song is what it is to me as a person. Yeah. But I think it is nice to have a, have that idea of like well, some of the things they're talking about may just be going over my my head because they're talking about it from a cultural perspective that is not completely alien to to the American culture, but. Is is just, just going to be different? Just it's alien enough, yeah. It, yeah. Especially like Tom has a lot of lyrics that he uses British slang. Oh, dangerous mean, British slang! Yes, <laughs> there's they have a song called "Lift," which is rumored to it's an old, old, old song, mm-hmm. and it's rumored to maybe be coming up on their upcoming album. Oh. Uh, like every album, they redo like a song that's 25 years old that they uh-huh. released, and it's called "Lift," and it's about elevators because British people call elevators lifts, yes. and just things like that. Um, there's he talks about crisps in a song I'm like what's that oh that's what British people call potato chips and and just things like that um so I never know it his lyrics are usually so sparse um that I I try to not um get married to one interpretation mm-hmm. with them um it's probably unless, a good way unless it's very overt and some of them are you know this political ones yeah. in particular are pretty overt but well I, I mean hearing um uh, is it Johnny Green? Green? John, Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood. Like, talks, yeah. Hearing about, like, the last song was specifically about being in that airport yeah. and having people look and sort of the feelings he's having around this tour. I, I mean, I know sometimes songs get written, you know, oh, I wrote that song in five minutes, but a lot of times they're kernel of an idea that you get in one place, but you don't write it till you're somewhere else, so yeah. you're a different person than you were, you know, the month before when you first thought of it. So I think it's a good idea to keep open with those interpretations, because maybe this song was specifically like, oh, I'm going to write about how I don't, the Bosnian conflict is, is such a terrible thing. Oh, but that was a while ago, and i got to redo it, I don't want to be so political, so what yeah. am I thinking about these days, and how does it fit into that original theme? Yeah. It it's probably just. I mean, the songwriter themselves would would have that. Uh, I always want. There's a there's a Beatles book. It's what is it called? It's it's just lyrics. So it goes through every Beatles song and talks about what it's about. And some of them are very specifically about something. You know, it's yeah. about a girl. I love that girl. Some of them are about five different things. And then some of them seem like they're about something. But then you'll get John Lennon who seemed seemed to just never want to put any value into his lyrics, even though. Everyone else felt some that there was really some. Good. Yeah, he's, he was very good at that. Yeah, yeah. but it's like he's devaluing his skill. So, like, um, uh, one of the songs, I think it's Glass Onion, is talking just about you know how lyrics are stupid and how songs. Everyone's trying to look at the layers of the song, but there's nothing there. They're just they're just songs. But then half of his lyrics, is like, no, those are clearly referencing the idea of people putting meaning into things. Mm-hmm. So for you to then turn around and be like, no, these songs don't mean anything. Well, they, no, it, it definitely means something. But if, you know, the songwriter themselves is telling you it doesn't mean anything, well, you've definitely got, you know, multiple yeah. interpretations. So, I mean, it's probably the same way with almost any song. They're just, they're creative across time, and yeah. they don't, you know, nope, this song's just about this, and I refuse to accept another interpretation. I've heard uh, I've heard Paul Simon say similar things, which is, he's, I mean, even more well-regarded, I think, as a lyricist. Yeah. Who, he's like, oh, I didn't, you know, didn't put too much stock in my lyrics. They came secondary to the music, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, wrote down whatever seemed right, and... I don't think about them too much, and there's people out there like you know that's very important to them. Paul yeah. Simon's lyrics, and they touch them deeply. 
So I, I wonder, you know, I wonder with something like that if that's just kind of the eccentric creative artist genius, yeah. like, you know, something, you know, the, the the best of the genius artists I think don't ever appreciate themselves and think they're worthless, and it kind of maybe drives them a little more. And, yeah, you know, maybe John Lennon had that. Maybe I think these guys might have that. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you as a Radiohead fan. My sense is as a someone who's liked a number of their albums, but you know I haven't I don't follow up with them. I haven't listened to some of the later ones certainly as much as I have OK Computer and the Benz. But that's my perception is that they are very heady. They are you know. Like, they're making music with a capital M. It's important. Yeah. But then, that's just me on the outside, not not necessarily that that's the way it is. I mean, so having followed them for a while, is that your sense that they are that cerebral? Or so they just, they are trying to make music about things, but they're not trying to be condescending about the process? Well, I think, I think lyrics are almost entirely in Tom's corner, and I don't know if anybody except Tom really knows <laughs> what's going on there. But I know musically, um, there's lots of stories about Tom and Johnny um, being in the studio for months and months and months after the recording's done to, get, I mean, to perfect it. It's mm-hmm. not, if it's, you know, if it's 99%, it's not good enough for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do that anymore. I feel like maybe, you know, the, I feel like the most recent albums are all Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, you know, okay, computer, they're they're definitely like an attempt to make something kind of perfect to make, you know, the best possible thing they could. And I, they definitely, Kid A is a concept album. Amnesiac is a concept album Mm. that they, you know, went into with an idea and they were like, we're not doing anything normal with this. We have to do, we have to create something that's no one's ever heard before. And, uh, I think, I think they definitely were consciously doing that around this time. Um, yeah, these days, I don't know. They, they've kind of descended into a weird electronic album, uh, electronic band now. Um, I long for you know um, in in Rainbows was like a guitar album and then yeah. and then what was the one that came after it I don't remember. I remember in Rainbows was big because it was free or you could you could pay oh, yeah, whatever you, you, pay, you yeah, wanted you could choose whatever you uh, wanted yeah. and I mean, that was before I was into like I didn't have digital music I didn't have an iPod I think when that came out yeah. and the song like the, the one or two singles that came off it, it did sound more more like say the Benz or yeah, kind of a combination like kind of a rock album yeah band. yeah it's, it's nice nice to go back to that sometimes yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, during during this era, I've I've read lots and seen lots of interviews, and and um, I, I saw an interview with Johnny talking about how like he considered Paranoid Android to be about as close to a perfect song as they could make, and that was like their goal with a mm-hmm. lot of them, and and he I think he was talking about one of the B sides that ended up on an EP, and he was like mm-hmm. we almost got it, and then it just kind of fell apart, and we kept trying to keep it there, and and they have they do have a pattern of old songs that they that they first carted out live, you know, in, in the Pablo honey era, like early nineties. And, um, they keep going over them, keep trying to, trying to get them, you know, to the spot that they can, they feel good about releasing them. Um, they're there, which was like the single off hail to the thief was like one of the first songs they wrote together as a band. And they kept trying it. They were like, we can make it, we can get it on the album. It, it will be good. And they could never get it right. And then finally when they did, it was, you know, they, they had to get it perfect. So wow. yeah, they're definitely like that. Yeah. That's that's I I always find that so hard to think about as a band because you think about oh you know get your power chords and you know write some lyrics probably about a girl or a guy whatever and then uh, you got your song you got your hit song but you know the, those those bands that take it to that next level with just an, like, this isn't good enough oh, yeah we need it yeah it needs to go for the craft well yeah. don't don't worry folks at home you'll never have to worry about that with my show well this, <laughs> this is our twenty second take of this podcast I hope this one's going to be good enough for you Rod we got to do it again again do it again oh, damn it so. 
we have a pretty good sense of why "Lucky" is your song because you you've lived you know, you've lived in it. It was like a yeah. huge chunk of of your your life at this point. You know, you've heard it so many times. Why do you think it should be our song? Uh, well, I think Radiohead should be your band. Okay. Um, I it just you know the amount of like raw pleasure I have like derived from that band over the years is pretty incredible. Um, and you know, just like my my feeling of art appreciation is is increased because of that band um and this i feel like is the kind of the quintessential era of this band and a song that anybody could take and and listen to and it wouldn't overwhelm them um paranoid android i think would overwhelm someone yeah that was their first experience <laughs> um but this is this is a song that sounds familiar enough and is simple enough the lyrics you you can clearly hear what he's saying you can sing along you can derive multiple meanings from them it's, it's just a very rich song and um and i think you know anybody who would like anything remotely close to this if they heard it would love it excellent yeah all right so everyone at home i hope lucky by radiohead is now all of our song oh Oh. Oh. that's the sound that's the sound of our song (laughs) (laughs) it's my letdown oh Oh. no we're happy yay y'all like it now hooray so, Matt, thanks so much for coming on today. It was really great. Me. I'm sorry I had to... Um, I've said this to most of the guests that I've rescheduled about 50 times or, you know, didn't get back to you for a we long did, time. We but... didn't even reschedule, though. We just... oh, no, you know what? I, that was me. I didn't even schedule. Oh, I was no, so bad. I didn't schedule. So, hopefully, uh, that will not... I, I hope to never get this sick again. It was unfun. And um, when people have to then listen to your voice when it's jammed with mucus. So, I'm glad we were able to get in and... and <laughs> Hopefully it sounds all good to talk about talk about a song a little more a little more cerebral than some some others. No, actually everyone's bringing cerebral songs. They're making me work for this. Someone bring in like a Ramones, like three minutes. It's done, really I, easy. I was I was thinking about something. Like, <laughs> no. Well, you're you're always welcome to come back. Okay. We always love having guests come back again and and uh, share more 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 and more songs because I was uh, God we were at, we were at a, we did a trivia night and they had a music round and I was like. I host a podcast about music. I will get 10 points. <laughs> Four points. And I didn't even get the points as other members of the team. Because yeah. all, they had like two or three older songs. So I got those. Everything else was a recent song. And even if I kind of knew the words or the general lyric or the general title, no idea who sang it. You know, because it's it, so much. It's a Miley Cyrus or is it Kesha? I just, yeah, it's Gaga? impossible. I can't tell. Yeah. And I'm thinking I might need to do like every week, if not on the show, like every week, pick one song on the top 10 and. You know, listen to it on YouTube just just to have like a general sense. No, no, no. no I know, no. I know, but I don't want to be dismissive. You know, the whole show is about not being dismissive of anyone's favorite songs. Whereas I would love, you know, it would be so fun to just do like all these songs suck podcast. But I, I don't know. I want it to be like positive. That's the challenge: is be happy about about music. I don't know how much positivity you're going to get out of the top ten. You get, you know, you get those songs that kind of you get the earworm songs. You know, there are some that. You know, they feel kind of repetitive, but but there's always one or two. You know, every time I go to like a wedding, somebody plays at least a few modern songs. Yeah. And there's always at least one. Yeah, that's true. That's that I'm true. like, oh, this is actually good. I like this yeah. song. I'm gonna seek it out. Yeah. Um, well, in any case, that's a tangent. Yeah. So, um, everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. If you're interested in us talking about a song or you'd like to join us here in the show, uh, please email me at rob at playingoursong.net. You can follow us on Twitter at playing underscore our song. You can check out our Facebook page. Uh, we actually had an interesting comment on uh, a possible Thanksgiving song, so I don't I don't know if we'll get to it, but uh, it was mm. it's always nice to see you know some some 
some uh, responses from everyone at home. Thank you. Uh, that page is facebook.com slash playingoursong.net. There's a lot of dots in those. That's just how that works, I That's guess. That's how the interwebs works. That's how the interwebs all work, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you can check out our website at playingoursong.net, where I post the lyrics and usually links to a video of the song and then links to buy the song, because, of course, you're going to want to buy the song. It's your song now, too, right? Um, and I think that's everything. Matt, anything you want to plug? Um, I really have nothing to plug. No? Um, you can Google uh, Matt Summers Poetry, and you might find some old poems of mine. Oh! Like, uh, that are, you know not representative of what i do anymore <laughs> but you can that's that's my web presence okay and um yeah vaccines don't cause autism yeah, yeah. all right there you Woo! go it's true okay. folks it's very true okay um yes, I, there used to be a period in my life when if you googled my name you would get a letter i wrote about the old video game quake and that was my mm, that was quake, my web yeah. which i didn't even play very much i just decided to write a letter for some reason to a quake website it was uh <laughs> You know, that's what it is. That's just, you <laughs> well, get on the internet in weird ways. That's what we do, yeah. That's what people do. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be remembered somehow, you know. Yes, when uh, you're 80, you'll look back on that letter and be like, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, in any case, Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Please come back again, maybe with more Radiohead or something something sure. else. Whatever whatever song is whatever song. I love hearing new songs. Okay. And I love talking yeah. about them. I have a wide variety of tastes in music. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Looking forward to it. All right, everyone else, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, remember, it's your song, so play it long and play it loud. Bye. Bye.